Welcome to Belmont Banter, the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Hello again everyone and welcome to Belmont Banter. And when we last spoke, um, Jimmy was telling us all about his days in the army. But uh, there's a little bit of a catch-up we need to do before we get right onto the football, isn't there, Jim? Evening, Tony, and thank you once again for um, for putting up with me and in this second instalment. Um, but may, yeah, I mean, it, it may run to three. Who knows? Yeah, we never know. I keep well, keep dragging it out. So, but be extenders before we know it. It'd be ten years down the line. I hope not, because everyone will be asleep by then, I think. Um, yeah, let's look. Uh, you know, I, as I said to you before we um, before we even kicked off the first the first podcast, that I was really nervous about doing it, and I wanted to make sure that I kind of mentioned, you know, everyone that was, you know, a part of my kind of uh, career and, and life in in football and. You know, as we as we kind of alluded to in that first one, it really did start to go um, go really kind of you know really really push on from when from when I was about like I say eighteen years old, and 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 one of the big things for me was going out to Hong Kong at that stage and representing the British Army and playing against South China and just the experiences in 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 playing in front of big crowds then and, and things like that was just, you know, un- unbelievable and amazing. And I couldn't really kind of fathom that. Now, when I look back at it, it was just, um, it was an amazing time with with some amazing people that, you know, I try not to forget. And I'm in touch with a few of them, but, uh, you know, people kind of go their different ways and do their different things. But that was the big, that was a big start for me in within within my football career outside of the army as well, because that kind of gave me a platform to uh, put myself out there to go on trials and 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 stuff like that. So you know, when I got back to the UK, I ended up going up to Middlesbrough for a, a couple of games um, and playing for their kind of under 18s, under 23s reserve it side, and and uh, and trying to get myself a, a, an opportunity to go and, to go and play professionally. At that age, and and I was fortunate enough again to, I was allowed to go training with them once a week, so I'd get an opportunity on a, to go and and train with them on a on a Wednesday, and, um, but it kind of, it, it petered out, um, for just you know reasons that just didn't align at the time, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but you know, like I say, I can't I can't complain. I had kind of. A, Another kind of spell at um, Mansfield, and yeah, so uh, and Andy King was his name at Mansfield at the time that was managing, um, and I went on trial there. And half time came round, and it was a it was a tough game, and it was. I mean, I, I loved every minute of it, and and still remember it now. I can see, I can see me scoring the goal that I scored the, on the volley outside the box, and. At half time, for some bizarre reason, I got up and went out and brushed my teeth to kind of freshen myself up. I think it may have been 
because I played a game for the army or or, or the, at York where I was based at the time. As I drove down, I just wanted to kind of freshen up. So I was ready for the second half. But obviously after my second half performance, I, I, I kind of it sold myself to, to Mr. King and he was, he was happy to sign me. But uh, off the back of me brushing my teeth and everything like that, that's what he wanted me to do every game. But uh, unfortunately, it never, never transpired. But it was, again, it was a great experience. Great experience. So it, it was silly little things like that. But I mean, even even then, you know, at the time I was playing, um, would have been Harrogate Railway or even may have been Harrogate Town at the time. And, um, you know, I was in the army earning money and it was, it was a, a decision that I had to make whether or not I wanted to get out and go and play full-time football or have a career in the, in the army and and play f- kind of some non-league stuff. And I decided to stay with it again. Um, I had further trials with Cambridge, um, with John Beck at that time. Um, on that occasion, I, I was driving. I was driving from Sittingbourne to Cambridge. I was on leave at the time and um, I broke down in the, just outside the Dartford Tunnel and the car set, the car set alight and everything. It was brilliant. I caused a massive traffic jam, missed the game and that, that one went by the wayside. And um, yeah, it, it was, I mean, I was still obviously playing at the time for Sittingbourne as well. Um, so it, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. I think at that time you had, uh, you had John Ryan, um, Nicky Sparks, Carl Larriman were the were the coaches there at the time, and you had the likes of Jimmy Case and and a few others that were playing. Um, and, and it kind of really, I, I learned I learned quite a lot there from numerous people with, um, you know, talking about kind of how they wanted the ball into their feet rather than into their into their stomach and you know just learning little little things like that that when you were when you're a young kid at that age and you're getting you're getting ripped a new one because you haven't done what is the right thing to do you certainly learn quickly (laughs) um but it was it was it was interesting you know and um all the way through you know like i said before playing for the army combined services was just amazing and they eventually got to a point where I, i went to I went to Peterborough for a week and again, same similar sorts of things. They offered contracts and that, but it wasn't really what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting the world, but I needed to make sure that it was, you know, right for what I wanted. And finally ended up um, in that, in that kind of later stages when I was in the army. I mean, at that point I was probably from about 21 maybe 20 I was I was then down at Dover and playing for them um uh, and I was kind of you know making making kind of inroads into the into big time into the non-league really you know people were kind of sniffing around at the time Russian and Diamond Stevenage Borough um and Dover Dover they eventually kind of um, bought me out of the army. Uh, Peter Taylor at the time was the manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the time that kind of I signed a contract, and then 
I get back home and speak to my mate, Mike Taylor, who just got out the season before and he was playing for Barnet and they were in the league. And uh, he said, oh, have you signed anything? And, you know, and I wasn't, I had no kind of um, agent or anything at the time. And I was like, yeah, no, I'll just sign them. Really he said, oh, you shouldn't have, they want to sign you now here. And I was like, oh, no, nightmare. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I saw that saw that time out there. I mean, and at that stage, Peter Taylor then went on to do the England under-21s. And yeah. so that was a little bit of a topsy-turvy one as well because the managers are changing and he got her impressed, the new manager coming in. And so, yeah, I mean, I remember going to Dover with John Ryan and he made me captain on the first game away up at, it was just a fantastic moment. I mean, not for the other players and the other cap and the captain at the time, I suppose. He kind of had the armband taken off him and there I was kind of leading the team out. Um, but, you know, it was, yeah, it was just, like I said previously, it's just, it was just a complete whirlwind for, yeah. I suppose, the best part of 10 years then. Um, you know, I got, a, I got a testimonial out of Dover and I was so thankful for that and, all the people that kind of participated in supporting me and getting that through. And we played against Brighton midweek and we had a, we had a, a, a bit of a function as well. And, you know, all of those sorts of things were just, um, just unbelievable really. And, you know, I was sold for a, a, a certain, well, at the time was, you know, an amazing amount of money in my opinion that, I was just like flabbergasted by, and I went to Stevenage, and um, I had 18 months there with Richard Hill, and some, you know, the players there were just, uh, you know, amazing at the time, and um, yeah, I've had some great relationships, and you know, with with players all through the all through the non-league, some that have kind of you know got to know me well, some that don't, but you know, just appreciated what I was about, and. You know, I've caused a few kind of ruckuses here and there, but my 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 main kind of you know playing was to, as Mark said, you know, get in there, mix it up, win the ball back, and give it to the players that were going to do the business. And you know, I've had, you know, I played with played with a player called Russell Milton, and that's all I did was literally at Dover. I would just win the ball, give it to him, get forward, score a goal. And, um, you know, from midfield, whether it be defensive or attacking, I'd, I'd be, I'd, I would pick up, you know, on a, when I was in a, in a, in a good patch, I was probably scoring 15, 14, 15 goals a season from midfield. midfield. And, wow. uh, you know, on one occasion, <laughs> when I got, when I did come out of the army, when I got bought out of the army, this is kind of the, the next part, really, I suppose, was, I thought, as it was, I applied to go, I went back to university at 26 mm-hmm. and I did a degree in electrical um, uh, communication, telecommunication engineering. And uh, I just did a two year um, quick HND to pick up to a certain standard. And then I was going to go on to do, move on to do a degree. But anyway, I got a, I did all that. I got a job at the site at that time. Um, probably about a year into that into that course, and and they said to me, "Listen, look, we don't mind you carrying on doing the course. You can day release." Um, I was like, "Okay, it's a, 
even better because at, at the time I was coming to the end of the contract. And I, w- I, I that's when I went to got sold to Stevenage, uh, but they were asking me to train even more. So I then asked my employer if it was okay if I'd leave early. So I'd start at like you know seven o'clock in the morning. I'd finish at about three. Yeah. I'd drive from London up to Stevenage where they were training. They they would train from four till eight. Some of them had already been in from you know around. So I decided to put myself into the. Well, I I, I kind of basically went for trials for the for the university that I went to, which wasn't a big university. It was just North, the North London University. And and then from there, I, I kind of asked about questions, how I kind of a, get into the into the GB side. And the next one was coming up in 1999. And it was, so that would have been 97. And I heard about it anyway. I put myself into the squad and I, and I didn't get, it was the 97 squad that I didn't get into. And, um, I was I was a little bit disappointed, but I thought, no, okay, I'll, I'll try again. And I tried again and applied and went for the trials. Ended up playing a few games for the England universities, and then got selected for Great Britain universities and went and played in the Welsh Student Games in 1999, which was just another fantastic experience and <laughs> you know a pleasure to kind of be around some of the players like. Uh, you know, that had been there before, Russell, like say Russell Milton, Nick yeah. Roddis, um, and, and a few others kind of, you, you just, you know, the, the technique and the, and the professionalism and the way they apply themselves. And, you know, yeah, I could, I could talk about it. I could talk about that for a podcast. I mean, yeah. we played against Brazil. We played against um, Uruguay. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was just yeah. With Dover and I, you know, ended up scoring four goals against Northwich, reaching the FA Trophy semi-final, and, and going, you know, going and getting knocked out by Cheltenham and all of that sort of stuff was just. And even though it was really disappointing, obviously at the time, um, just an, an amazing experience playing alongside some great players and getting through, you know, some really tough tough rounds you know the Barrow um, replay away on a Tuesday night and it wasn't for years afterwards um, that my dad said to me yeah yeah no I was stayed up with you and your, me and my mum your mum was sitting there listening to the radio because it was on Radio Kent it was no kind of you know, it wasn't yeah. feel, it wasn't on TV or anything at that, those times and uh, they were kind of, you know, listening to it. I think we ended up taking our last penalty about half past 11 at night. The game was delayed because of the crowd that was outside wanting to get in and the police delayed the kickoff and everything. Oh, it was mental. It's like... Do you know what? You've, you've touched on this point before. When I spoke to you earlier on, um, probably in, in the previous episode, and you spoke to me, I said something about attitude and you said, no, desire. And something within what you're saying now keeps going back to how much you wanted it. When you went for these trials and all these different things, you wanted it. And that's what oh, I was devastated. That, devastated. Honestly, through. Tony, when I when I didn't get when I didn't get into that squad for the ninety-seven squad and we played the final trial game and I, and I came off the pitch and I saw the guy Graham Dell, he was again, you know, massive influence in 
in in the football kind of world for me and um you know in the in the fa aspect of well getting me get me into coaching but his 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 management and game ethos for the gb side was was amazing and um you know i'd recommend if anyone's got a chance to to kind of try and represent england great britain at football at university, go for it. Hundred percent, go for it. And um, yeah, you never know where it takes you because you know that was another great experience. Some of the players that I played played with uh, in, in that squad. I said to him, "Listen, look, I, I I've done exactly what you asked for. You know, what do I need to do?" To he said, "Listen, look, just go away. There'll be another opportunity in a couple of years. Keep yourself ticking over. You know, we know where you're at. We know where you're playing." Um, it just wasn't wasn't your time, and I and I knew that really subconsciously. I knew it because you know I'd only just left the, the army. I'd only just started at um, you know studying again, and there was kids there that obviously had been around you know far longer than me in that circuit, and they deserved their opportunity within the squad. So you know I wouldn't hold that against them at all. Now at the time, yeah, I did, and I came away from it, and I was spewing, but. Um, you know, like, it, like I said, I, I, I just, I would, I won't forget, kind of, you know, the likes of John Ryan and 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 Nicky Sparks and Carl Larriman. They gave me, they gave me the opportunity to play at a high level. They trusted me at a young age uh, to go in there and 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 be the player that I was and get something out of it. And I just didn't let go of it. I just kept kept pushing it. And um, even when you play at an international level, you. The whole kind of pace, you know, I said to my granddad once, I said, we were just sitting there watching football and I said to him, you just, you don't realise the pace of the game when you're watching it from 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 the stands or when it's on TV. That is, that is the, the difference. It, it, it doesn't seem it when, when you're out there playing and it definitely doesn't feel it, but it is the movement of the ball, the awareness of the players you're around, you know, and then you, and you realise as you're going up the levels, you realise as well when you come up against the, you know, the, the likes of these top players and now they find a metre of space and they can kill a game off if you give them it. And it is, yeah, it was just, you know, that was my inspiration, I suppose. And even now, you know, we talked about the Raw last time and, you know, I, I, I'm a big, big fan of, you know, making sure you know the, the mindset's right you know with you know I, I have kind of desire you know the, the drive the dedication you know kind of using you know a, a confidence um, uh, commitment um, you know passion all of those sorts of things I would put up on a wall in a changing room I would give the kids to kind of you know at the time at the moment you know when you talk about the coaching that I've done recently over the last 10 years it's all all about the kids and it's kind of getting them to understand you know what that's positive feelings all about and where they where they personally can get that from how they get it what they do with it and it, it, that that part of it as well has been a great great journey Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited yeah, I always will look back on it and, and think about, you know, the times that I've, that I've played, where I've played, who I've played for, with. It's been, been an amazing, amazing journey. I mean, the likes of 
Lou Watts and and, and other players. But um, yeah, you know, m- many many people through the game, and I'm still in touch with many people. You know, I can mention all sorts of names. You know, a guy called Alan Higgins, Joe Collins, you know, Spencer Creedon, who's a brilliant goalkeeper coach for the, in the local area that we live in at the moment. And you know, he 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 kind of coaches in and around Kent and for Gillingham at the moment, and he's so so good for the kids. Um, as, as a keeper coach, it's um, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant experience that I've had. And I remember sitting down with Andy Ford, and he signed me later on in my career at Gravesend and Northfleet. And uh, when he signed, I was I think I was just I just turned thirty one, maybe I think. And uh, as I sat down in his in his house, he invited me round, I had a cup of tea and he was like really welcoming. He's like, brilliant. I'm so glad we got you on board. And I was like, this, and it was sad. It was difficult for me because at that time, that was a season that Dover had just got relegated and I wasn't, I wasn't the fans favourite. Decided that I wanted to stay in the conference. So I went looking for another conference side, uh, proactively did that. And, you know, just what I wanted at the time. And it was, you know, one of those things, but anyway, uh, sat down with Andy Ford and he said, yeah, it's really great. You know, there's a contract. And I went through it and signed my life away. He said, yeah, just as I was signing and I, and I put the pen down, he turned around to me and he said, he said, uh, tell me, Jimmy, how, how old are you? Because I don't, I don't sign players that are over 30 years old. <laughs> and I turned to him and I just said, yeah, sorry to say, Andy, but I just turned 31 last week. That was my start of me ending career at Gravesend, uh, <laughs> I, you know, in pre-season, he put me into the reserves and I played against the first team that was going to be starting. And, and he was, he was just trying to put me off all the time, all the time. I ended up starting that season. I started, scored on the, on the first day of the season as well. He played me in positions that I was out of position that I'd never really played in my life. And he made it really, really awkward, but I can understand why again, you know, he was very much about getting a young side together and everything like that. And you know, he was hoping for me to be that. And I was the experienced player, but I was just a little bit too far past the age gap, I think. Yeah. But uh, it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it again. You know, it was another experience and I enjoyed the time there. And um, and again, met some new players and that. I went to Welling and did a bit there as well, you know. And, you know, you know I kind of player, you know, you meet player, you know, Steve Lovell, A.D. Pennock. Uh, they were just great for me. It was inspirational meeting those players through my career and just draining information from them. Uh, uh, and as much as I talk about those, you know, you got the, like I say, Mark Seeger and uh, Andy Keir, Simon Austin, Nick Hegley, um, Lloyd Hume, Clive Walker, Alan Walker, Bill Williams. I could, you know, you keep rattling them off. And, yeah. You know, Bill Williams and Clive Walker down at Dover for me for, three years were just again you know they trusted in me and gave me a great career in football down and, and I it, well, it was a sad time for when they when they sold me they knew they had to but I mean it was uh it, that was a sad time because I, I kind of you know that was my club I loved yeah. and I still do today I mean I you know try and pop down and see him every now and again when I can Dover and you know I've done a you know and when you then and you look back at it and, uh, and I, I then went straight away from there I went to kind of kind of thought about what I was going to do but I just thought no I'm going to stop it and I just dive straight into playing 
in the Kent League. So from playing at the conference level, and no, no, you know, I'm sure people who, who get or have a few kind of comments on on this comment, but I think, and there's no disrespect to anybody at all, but it is just a different game when you start to drop out of playing at a professional level, whether you are playing in the league or in the conference. You know, those five those five tiers, Premier, Championship, Div 1, Div 2, Conference, you know, the bottom two is no real difference. The middle two is no real difference. You've got the Premier League that obviously stands out, but the, the professionalism across the board is, is fantastic. And you still get that as you go down the lower leagues. What you what starts to kind of come apparent is the, is the quality. You still get the professionalism, the quality starts to drop and... Um, I, I, love, I just love playing football, so I, I wanted to play, and I knew that you know, age-wise, I was past that kind of level. So, with the work that I had as well, and the job that I was doing at the time, and and everything like that, and and I, the fam, my family started to come, come along then as well. First boy was born in. It's time to kind of make a change. So, kind of that's where the, that's where I thought I decided that you know I'd go and play just local Kent League football and. At that stage, it was I went to May. I was kind of floating around at Welling, and then Maidstone kind of came in, and, and I had a few years there. I mean, the, some of the players that were there were again, you know, you had the likes of Lee Shearer came there as well, and yeah. God dear, I got some stories about that kid. He he was, you know, when you talk about these impossible dreams, he had everything. He played. He represented England. I think it was under 15s, under 16s, and under 18s. Captained every side was the next next big thing but it just it just didn't happen for him you know you have these you have these kind of moments in your career where you take the, the you know the roads that come and um didn't really kind of blossom into what was expected of him but he was a great player great player and you had the, you know you had the young kids that go off to the likes of Fulham and Manchester United they had through Maidstone and and I'm sure that you, you, there are loads of loads of them out there they just got to be at the right place at the right time and it'll happen for them um you've potentially got some that you're looking after now i'd like to think so i mean there's some i mean again you know there my, my view on, on football for kent and again i'll probably touch a few nerves here for some people but personally i think you know gillingham are missing a huge trick you know they could be a huge club there is no other club within, you know, 30-odd miles that could soak up all the kids that want to play football. They don't need to travel anywhere to do their academy. I mean, I, I'm saying all this, but I worked for them for four years. I went out to the Cayman Islands with their under-15s, under-16s and played against the likes of Tottenham and, and, and stuff like that. But I still say to this day that, you know, they should have it. They should have, they should have two, at least two teams at every age group that they shouldn't worry about playing in academy leagues. You know, they're a level three academy but they would get so much more out of players locally if they played if they did a a local level league the best players that you can get in and around Kent it'll save them travel money it'll save them all sorts of stuff but I mean that's that's my that's my opinion about it because I think then that would filter down to the other to the other clubs that that need that support of getting decent players and there are good players around here just people don't come down and look at them you know we are not a county that has you know 10 professional clubs in it that are in the space of 10 miles it's just not the way we are you know you've got the dovers the, and the margates and the, and the maidstones and the dartfords and the gravesend they need to 
it all needs to lift up. And I, you know, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully, you know, that it's going to come through with the amount of coaching and everything that's being done at the moment that we would start to generate, you know, more, more, more players of a, of a, you know, a, a really good, good standard that will bring these clubs up into the league and spiral kind of other things going on for them. You know, the lower, the lower clubs are the likes of the, the, the Faversham's, the, Canterbury's, the Whitstables, the Ashfords. It, it, yeah, I mean, I'd like to think that I'd be seeing more than one local club in in a in a in the professional divisions before I go six foot under. We always talk about Dover could do it, and Maidstone should be doing it, and they have done it, and then they yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a strange one. I say that I've said to someone today that I've gone growing out of the game. I think this last year especially is. You know the way that things have gone. It's been it's been a real hard year for everybody involved in football. And you know I've tried to do as much as we possibly can. And and I still, I mean, I've loved I've loved the last couple of weeks getting back out with a ball and um, you know kicking it about again. And we've and I've tried. You know we've been going up a kind of a field out the back of us here. I've been going up there with the, with my boys just doing our own little bit over the last summer and. And it's just been a strain. It's just been really difficult for everybody, I think. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll get back to some normality and, you know, football will start to pick up again and, and you'll get that, everyone will get that love back. I know it's difficult at the moment, but if you're going to watch football, you're watching whatever sport, well, it's particularly football. Well, why on earth they put this FIFA background noise in? Just really, I think that's kind of what's really got me, I think. Because... Okay, there might be some few, a few cute words that come out here and there, but fundamentally, what you get from listening to the game without that is so much more as well because you hear all the talking that's going on. You yeah, hear yeah, go there, why they're this, why they're moving people around, yeah. why they're calling him over yeah. Yeah. as he's running out to close it down. What is that all about? Yeah. And um, that that to me is so much more. You learn so much more. Because all you hear when you get, you know, even when the crowd's there, all you're hearing is the crowd shouting, oh, get, and it's, don't, you don't, they don't, you're not really understanding it. And I think it was so much, that that in itself is, is such a good, such a good learning curve for, for the young footballers that are up and coming and want to want to go and play at a, a certain level, because that that's where, you, that's where you learn it. You've got to, you know, you've got to understand that it's not just about kicking a bit of leather around, it's about, you know how you communicate while you're out on the pitch. What what's the reasoning that you're doing it? You know what have you learned on the training pitch before you're going out there? And you know how people manage that shape, the movement to allow that pass to happen. Yeah, we we kind of you know we try to do as much as we possibly can for our boys. You know we would have we do work them hard. They do two nights a week and the game at the weekend. But some nights we kind of a video session as well where we show clips from games so that they can understand how that equates to the clips that we take of the games that we're playing in. And, you know, we try to make it as professional as, as we as we possibly can rather than just, uh, you know, getting out there and doing a little bit of a training session. And I think that is, everybody wants that, whether or not you're a, a 22, 23-year-old getting into the game of becoming, you know, this a, a decent professional player or you're a, a seven, eight-year-old that's just about to start. The way that you apply it and the way that you do things will definitely make a mark. 100%, I believe in that. And 
you know, that goes on to kind of now. I got FA half badge when I was 19. I was 19 and in the army, I did the, I did the fir- my first coaching course. Back then, you don't really, especially at 19, being in the army, it wasn't something that you, oh yeah, I know why I'm doing this. I looked at it as a, as a, as a means to get more football. Whereas if you were a 19 year old kid at an academy and you got it, you, you got it because it was teaching you more about football. Whereas my goal then, back then, you know, at that time I was three years in, I was in the army to do a job and my job was in the raw signals and, and that was, that was my role. But on top of that, I was lucky enough to play football. And on top of that, I was lucky enough to get a little coaching badge to go with it. And so when I did that, it was just, oh yeah, just this and that. But when I look back at it now, you know, gave me a better understanding of, of football as a whole. And I would massively say to any, any kid, get your coaching badges done early doors. And, um, you know, it really does teach you the game and really understand even the, you know, the first level, the first first kind of badge that you, you just it just gives you that understanding a little bit more about how the game's played and um when you go on those courses you obviously meet other people and other players yeah. you know some might be the same age as you but some might be a little bit older with a little bit more experience and then again you know you're learning again and for me that's uh you know that's fundamental every day is a learning day and it's been good right. again, thanks tony take care yeah and you buddy take care cheers bye Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. They are providers of optical fibre services to the telecoms industry, specialising in optical fibre provision, local and long haul. We offer a full turnkey solution to our clients throughout London and the south of England. Contact us through the website for more details. Your host, Tony Rouse, every week on Belmont Banter for news about local football in Kent and beyond. I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. Don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end. And leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers. Cheers.